Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, my name is Miles Whitboyer, and you guys welcome to the Photographic Collective podcast. Hey, the purpose of this podcast is three main things. Uh, I want to help you up level your business. Excuse me, your business. I want to help you up level your business. Um, I want to help you. Uh, increase and elevate your client experience. But really more than that, I want to empower you as an artist to sort of find your voice and uh, and really pursue uh, authenticity in your brand and, and where you're headed. So um, guys, if you're just stumbling into this podcast, this is episode number five. We're brand new. I've got um, something really special and exciting to, uh, to explore today and a really good friend on here with me. And I'm going to introduce him in just a second, but we're, we're wrapping up after four episodes, um, all about storytelling, this idea of, of what happens to the storyteller, uh, you know, what, what happens, what, what goes on inside of our heads when we commit our lives to telling other people's stories. And it's a fascinating process, but, but first things first, I want to introduce, uh, he's a good friend of mine, which is really cool for me, but also, uh, he was an employee of mine worked right alongside me for, um, like, you know, years and years. So, uh, Brandon Bucheri is, uh, is on here with us today. What's up, Brandon? How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. No, no sponsor messages to kick us off here. What's, what's up with that? Uh, this <laughs> podcast is sponsored by Evoco Films. Uh, Evoco Films is Dallas's newest and most exciting production company. Um, that's not true, by the way. It's not sponsored by that, but Ouch. that is Brandon's. Uh, it could be sponsored. We can make that happen. We can make it anything happen. <laughs> um, so, Brandon, I, you know, I want to introduce you and actually do this introduction justice because I think that, um, you know, too often in podcasts, uh, everything stays a little on the surface and a little light as far as friendships go. And so I want to really um, give credit to the fact that you are and have been for years and years now, not just one of my absolute closest friends in this industry, but also a sounding board um, of just like wisdom uh, as to what storytelling means and some of the battles that I've gone through as an artist. And, and I want to go into all of that. But um, before we before we go there, do you mind just giving us kind of a high level on who you are and, and what you do? And uh, and, you know, like what are some of the things that you'd love to speak to today? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, so like you've already mentioned, I, I own a production company in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're called Evoco Films. Uh, my business partner is Justin Howe. He's my one of my best friends, and he's just an amazingly talented person. He does everything from leather work to he's our in-house director of photography, and I think he is starting to pick up, like, tattooing. I don't know. He does everything, like, and everything very well. I'm very jealous, but... Um, yeah, so, and then we, so for, for Avoco, um, I handle like producing and directing. So I'm kind of in charge of like client outreach, you know, generating new business and all that, um, as well as kind of heading up the production on the day of and kind of driving the story from pre-production all the way through post. I'm kind of overseeing the, the vision of the client, the vision of kind of what, where we want to take it and like the style choices and all that kind of thing. And then, um, I'm also our accountant, which is quite scary. I've had to learn a lot of accounting this year, but you know, overhead is low when you're a startup. So, or you, you try to keep it low when you're a startup. So, yeah, I'm I'm doing all of the things and wearing all of the hats, and you know how it is, man. <laughs> I yeah, I, I do. You know what fascinates me though is 
you say that Justin's this type of guy that's like good at everything. Um, <laughs> but I would really say, I, I, I think, and I agree with you, I think he is. I would say that that you are also that guy. Um, okay. You know, that <laughs> it, it maybe maybe it's more of a discipline perspective with you. Um, you know, that, that you just refuse to not be good at things. Uh, so, you know, before we, let's, let's do this, let's go this route before we like dive in to, um, you know, your story, some of the, the awards and the accomplishments and uh, just the accolades. And, and, you know, I know a lot of that started when you were a teenager, but before we even like dive back into that stuff, um, I would, I would say if I had to write a like brief paragraph on Brandon Butcheri, the word storyteller would be in there at least two or three times. So <laughs> we're, even though technically we're, we're moving out of this series on storytelling, just to have a quick perspective, why, why is story so important to you? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm Italian and I'm really, really uh, close with my Italian side of the family. And if you know anything about the stereotypical Italians, which we very much are, uh, we like to entertain and host and tell stories and tell jokes and make people laugh and all that. So I think that's always kind of been ingrained in me since I was like a kid. I just love entertaining people. And it's really my favorite thing in the world just to say something funny and make somebody laugh. And, and you know, I'm uh, constantly accused, rightfully so, by my wife of embellishing stories for dramatic effect because why wouldn't I? It's just better when I tell it that way, you know? Um, so, yeah, and, 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 you know, the nerdy side of me, I'm a big history buff, and, you know, before the printing press was invented, most history was oral history, and so it, before everything could be written down, people were telling stories to each other, and that was kind of how we knew where our families came from, what happened before us. And it was sort of a tradition to pass those things down. One, so they're not forgotten, but two, so that we can learn from that and, and grow and, and kind of move forward. And so I'm really passionate about storytelling for both the nerdy historical aspect of it. And I just love entertaining people. I like to, I just like to see people smile. And I like to, I like to see people like emotionally affected by something that means something to them, you know? And so I think that's kind of my addiction with filmmaking is you you make something, you put it out there, and really when you put it out there, I feel like it's not yours anymore, and there's something scary but fun about that, and so it's fun to sort of offer your perspective on whatever story you've just told, whatever ad you've just created, or short film, feature, whatever, and then kind of see what people take from it and see their perspective on it. Nine times out of ten, it's not what yours was, which is kind of funny, but... Yeah, I, so I, I think just kind of the art of storytelling is it's it's alive and it's kind of its own thing. Like it just every project I've taken on, it seems to have always taken on a life of its own if the idea is strong. And so I think I'm just addicted to it, honestly. <laughs> okay, so I, I love that, and and uh, I should probably caveat all of this by saying, you know, initially the reason that that we had discussed having you on here was really to kick off this sort of continuing series that 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 we're starting really with you uh, here in, in episode five. And uh, and it's a series that I want to maintain. And, and hopefully I'd love to have you back on here a number of times um, having these conversations. But talking about the way that sometimes as artists and storytellers, we sort of stand in our own way, um, almost trip over ourselves. I, uh, I know I spoke um, a, a few episodes ago about the the struggle that authors have in articulating their own role in a story and uh, and you know that's what we are right like we are authoring the story even though we're holding a camera instead of a pen 
Um, but we have to be able to articulate our place in that. So I, I think it'd be valuable. I, I'd love to just hear it anyway. I mean, I know it, but I, I think, it, you know, anybody listening would, would absorb a lot from this, but I just love to hear you say it anyway or speak about it. So before we talk about those ideas of like self-doubt and, and uh, you know, the imposter syndrome thing a little bit, tell us a little bit about your story, like your, your, your back, backstory. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, um, I got into sort of filmmaking when I was about 15 years old. I was, I was in high school and I needed like one extra class to fill out my schedule. And as all young, especially young men do that don't really know what they want to do, they just find the easy A and they're like, yeah, that sounds, sounds good to me. And that's kind of what I did. Um, I just filled in my last class slot with like, a, at the time it was just like fundamentals of film or something like that, you know, some generic entry level term. So I went for it and uh, it was the easiest A I think I've ever gotten, but it wasn't an easy A because the class turned out to be easy. It was an easy A because after about a month of the class, I was just in love with it and I couldn't get enough. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just fell fast and hard accidentally in love with sort of filmmaking. And I was doing some TV broadcast stuff at the time, too, because I think well-roundedness was important in high school. You know, they got to give you everything. But um, so, yeah, and, and after that really first semester of that class, I just walked away like, this is what I want to do. And it was really the first time in my life that I kind of was making a decision about who I wanted to be independently, I guess, because, you know, I was an athlete, basketball player, and, you know, I always had good leaders around me. My, my dad is, is, you know, my superhero, and I had great coaches and just good leadership, and, and, but I was kind of following in everybody else's footsteps up until that point, and so uh, I remember after that first semester, I kind of came home and, like, declared to my family, like, all right, I want to be a director one day, which that's what everybody says, but whatever. <laughs> but I came home and just announced this. And I think that it just kind of surprised my parents because my dad is a really successful like business guy. And my mom, when I was a kid, she started a business. It grew to be really successful. She sold it. And so like, I just come from a very entrepreneurial background and I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. And I think like you could see it in their eyes that they were like, hesitantly supportive because they were like, that's awesome. But how are you going to pay the bills? Like I could just see that functioning in their head. Like, okay, I, I, where is this going? And so, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was like, I, I felt supported, but at the same time it was like, there was some hesitancy there. I think just cause it was unknown to them. It was new. And you know, my mom's a very creative person and I get all of my creativity from her. God bless my dad. He is not, he, he just doesn't have the creative bones. It's okay. It's okay. But, um, yeah, so all of that sort of like initial confusion led to just quiet, optimistic support, wondering where it was going to go next though. You know what I mean? It was, it was the quiet conversations of like, all right, I know you want to do that, but have you thought about like going to school for something else just in case? Have you thought about like for college? Have you thought about you know, maybe you should work another job while you're trying to do that dream of yours kind of thing. And, you know, hindsight 2020, they had my best intentions in mind at the time. When you're an angsty teenager, you're like, get out of my hair, but you know, let me do my, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm going to, I'm going to make it, you know? And so that was kind of my background. Well, in entry into, into how I got into this, but the, um, 
from there, you know, my, my parents actually did, they bought me my first camera and they basically told me that if you want to do this, you know, uh, sorry, Jared's gonna have to edit this part out. If you don't want to do this, basically don't half-ass it, just go for it. And so, um, I did. And that's kind of what I've always tried to live by is just whatever I do, I, I want to be the best at it. And, you know, you kind of said that earlier. It's, I, I really try to be determined to, if I decide I want to take something on, I want to be the best I can be at it. I don't have to be the best. I'm not necessarily trying to, you know, there's always going to be somebody better. I'm not trying to boost my ego, but I can be my version of the best and the best for me, the best for my family, whatever it is. Um, that's what I want to do. So yeah, man, I, I, from high school, in high school, you know, I, I won, I got, I was very lucky. I worked really hard and, and I was able to win some awards. So I've got several like awards that are sitting at the school, um, you know, with my name on them, I guess, which is, it's cool. It's fun to go visit, but yeah, I, I, I've, I made some commercials. I, I won like an, like a, a high school version of an Emmy, uh, when I was like 16 years old for a stamp out smoking commercial, which is buried somewhere in the depths of YouTube. I hope never to be dug up again. Cause I'm in it, which is disgusting to me, but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, so, so, so let, let me interrupt you and ask first things first. I, I, uh, I think there's a really interesting similarity here. So you just had me um, listen to uh, Green Lights, the the Matthew McConaughey book, right? Nice. Um, yeah. I thought I thought it was really interesting. Basically, uh, his dad's reaction to him going to film school was was oddly similar to your dad's, <laughs> right? Like, hey, don't half-ass it. Yeah. Um, I love that. But okay, so I'm I'm gonna pin you down then here because I know you uh, intimately enough to 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 just ask and just say it. Sure. Are there some insecurities? Like, a, is there some like, are there some, some, some self-dealt battles that you've gone through then as an artist? And oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Where, where do those, I guess in, in your opinion, um, you go first and because that's, that's, you know, like, uh, you know, age before beauty. Well, it's, uh, your, it's your podcast, so you can say whatever and I have to do it, right? That's, yeah, that's you know. right. Um, <laughs> Where does that come from? Like, why is that such a thing that, that we, that we fight? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's easy. I feel like to be confident when you have people around you that are mentoring you or coaching you or leading you and they kind of tell you where to go and what to do and how to do it. Not in the sense of like, do this, do that, but just guiding you along and there's kind of a scary moment that happens in everybody's life when all of a sudden that just kind of goes away and you just kind of have to fend for yourself and figure it out. And so that's kind of what I did. I'll, I'll, if I can just finish up that aspect of my story, it's a great segue, but I, I did end up going to college. Um, I tried to go for film. I was playing basketball, very long convoluted story short. I had to transfer to a couple of different schools, ended up dropping out, which was a big shock to my parents as well, um, as you can imagine. But, you know, upon dropping out, I kind of realized in that moment, like, okay, there is no safety net now. Like, I can't just say, well, I'm going to classes or whatever. Like, I have to make this work. And I never really made a plan B, which is terrifying to, you know, those that love me because I'd never make plan B. I feel like it's always plan A or bust. So... But yeah, like the, the insecurity, I feel like for me comes in when you get to a moment where you, you, you realize like, I don't know everything. And what does that mean for me? 
And that's kind of where my biggest probably insecurities come from is, you know, I'm, yeah, you know this, I'm a big reader. I read dozens of books every year. I just love like absorbing knowledge and interacting with people, talking with people about just growing and getting better. And there just hits a moment where the challenges you face end up being something that's like, whoa, I don't even know what I'm doing. How do I navigate that? And I think that's what my insecurities, my, my personal biggest insecurities are is like, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I really going in the direction I should be? Or am I going to let somebody down if I don't do well or whatever the case may be? You, you know, I worked for your company for years and last year moved to Dallas with Justin, started Avoco. And so now I've got these challenges in my head of, okay, well, you know, Justin bought into Avoco. I, I'm, I feel responsible to make sure he can pay his bills now. And, you know, you, you probably deal with the same things as being a business owner too. Like having people working for you, you take on the pressure of their family a little bit and their needs. And you feel like you kind of have to provide for that. And it's very stressful and it's very hard, but you know, to help battle some of that insecurity, I feel like it's important to have a good community around you too, of people that maybe aren't necessarily as close to the situation that way they're not necessarily always in the trenches with you, but just someone who can offer you a fresh perspective from the outside to help boost you up when you need that. I'm sure we'll get into that, but I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. I, um, I, I agree. I think that there's, um, there's this sort of innate, you know, and I, listen, in all of the artists that I know, um, across mediums, and, and that's something I, I think is really valuable to speak to on this podcast is like, clearly, you know, we're, we're the, the photographic collective. So it's very obvious who I'm speaking to. Um, but often photographers and, and people listeners, as well as people that are in our communities and, um, and just Instagram followers, whoever that they, they'll, they'll hear me refer to us as artists, because I think most of us found ourselves in this industry because it was just the medium that made the most sense. But it, you know, if, if it wasn't a camera, it would have been a paintbrush. If it wasn't a paintbrush, it would have been a guitar, you know? Um, but I think for some reason, there's this, uh, this sort of struggle for us to communicate to other people, why the way we see the world matters. And and often I feel like a lot of us alienate ourselves because we're afraid we speak a language that nobody else does. Sure. And, uh, and so, you know, that's a, that's a lot of the purpose, right? And, and you and I have spoken to that a lot lately, um, you know, in, in the community that we're building over on Facebook is trying to unite people to understand that, you know, most of us are speaking a lot more of a similar language than we think we are, um, you know, but that competitive edge sort of, I don't know, some, for some reason, it's just sort of like it digs in the back of your head. I know the, the term imposter syndrome became a big thing last year. Um, I'd never heard of it. I had you ever heard of that before, before last year? I'd never heard of that as a term. Yeah, I'd heard of it. Um, but I didn't think it applied to me until recently. <laughs> it, but, you know, tell me, tell us, uh, please, for goodness sakes, make me feel better about myself, because here I am trying to be a podcaster. So, uh, tell, tell, tell us about that. Like, what is, what, where has that shown up in your life and what do you, yeah. what do you do about it? Well, I think it's kind of important to sort of define imposter syndrome for those that may not know, but it's basically like feeling that you're sort of inadequate despite success is like this simple sort of definition of it. And so, you know, it's like, it's like the subjective 
I don't know, the nerdy way, I guess. It's like it's like the subjective torture of yourself over the fact that you have objective success, but you don't believe in yourself, essentially. And it's like a mental battle that kind of wages in your in your own head. Um, yeah, yeah I, would, I mean, I would agree. I, you know what? Where I've noticed it a lot is is it's been uh, it's preemptive to success for me. It's me saying mm-hmm. like, even if I succeed in this, I probably don't deserve it. Right, and it's also the idea that like what you know what I know is so little compared to what everybody else knows. They they're they're better than me, and I don't deserve this and whatever. But you know the the reality is it's easy to know this it's harder to implement it but the reality is whatever success you've brought to yourself you deserve because you you've worked for it and so i mean it's easy to understand that it's so much harder to implement that i think into your your own thought space but yeah i mean for me it's like like i said earlier i i had a lot of success when i was really young and won some awards and and got to do like the red carpet thing and it was fun and whatever and look where that's gotten me i mean in, in reality i'm i'm just a, i'm a small business owner just like so many people that are going to listen to this podcast and i'm i have a family and i'm trying to figure everything out and it's like what does that really mean so i've been struggling with that because it's like have i lived up to expectations for myself you know because i have all the success early on where did it go and haven't done haven't had as much success from the awards show i would say as since then but what does that really mean for me and so it's like dealing with those things of like I think that's the question we're always asking ourselves, especially as a creative, as an artist. It's like you, you mentioned your voice and you're wondering if people will, you know, respond the way you want them to respond or, or will speak the same language as you. But it's like at the end of the day, if it's important to you and you're, are you ma- are you making your art for yourself or are you making it for someone else? And I think that it's easy to cross those wires as a small business owner because you're like, well, I'm making it for my clients well, yes, you are, but your clients came to you for a reason. They like your perspective. They like your voice. They believe in that. So marrying those two, though, is just, it can be so challenging when when you hit a dry spell or, you know, things, your business financials aren't, you haven't hit your goals for the quarter or whatever the case may be. It's like all that stuff can get thrown into your head and then you just get into a tailspin and of self-doubt and self-deprecation. And then it's like that that terrible cycle happens where you have a success. You're like, oh, but I don't deserve this. And then you beat yourself up even more. And then it's just like this terrible cycle that repeats over and over again. That's imposter syndrome in a nutshell. Yeah. So so I want to ask then, just because I think it I think it it begs to be to be known. If if you could have delayed some of your early success, like if you if you could have pushed it back and built a little bit more maybe maturity or confidence in yourself as an artist. would you have and or like what would you recommend then for for people that are listening to to this that are you know i think artists are naturally competitive a lot of times we we are so eager to see uh you know likes follows shares happen that um that we don't know what to do when they when they don't come so what what i guess let me rephrase that would you have delayed some of that that success in uh in in able to mature if you could have you know i don't think i would i don't think so because it's taught me a lot about what's important to me and i've been able to sort of reflect on that stuff in you know as an adult and realize that i don't i don't really necessarily know if the awards are fulfilling for me personally they're not because at the end of the day 
you know, if you're building sort of an idol out of like, oh, I want to I want to win this award. Well, if you win that award, what does that really mean for you? I mean, I uh, literally there the awards that I have are collecting dust on a shelf somewhere. I can't see them that I don't think about unless I get asked about them. Does that what does that mean for me? You know, and so I think I've been able to sort of grow a different kind of maturity from having success early on that is like helped me identify my values as a creative, as a person in a way that I've been able to be more, almost become more mature from, from that, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and I try to look at everything in life, good or bad as, as a lesson. I don't really, I don't really subscribe to the, there are no mistakes, only lessons thing, because you can make mistakes for sure. But everything is a learning opportunity and yeah I don't I wouldn't change anything about where I'm at now except maybe I would probably try to tell myself to be a little more self-confident when the doubt creeps in but because it inevitably creeps in but you know yeah I mean I I uh I know you've you've had the opportunity to see me over the last several years um you know and let's get personal I like I'm I'm okay with that on this podcast but you've you've seen me you know waist deep in a lot of self-doubt just sort of wondering where where i'm headed and uh you know what the what the point was i guess right and trying to sort of rephrase i know everybody in the industry is quick to say like what's your why and and you've you've heard me laugh about that a lot but (laughs) but it, it took me several years with you right alongside me to to get to sort of get back to the security of saying that you know um I create because it's sort of the way that I just express to the world around me. It's the way I, I take care of people. It's the way I show love. You know, I think there's, I think there is this other love language that's not often talked about and it is art. Um, and, uh, so, okay. So speak directly to, um, let's, let's, let's put an avatar out there. Speak directly to a young artist, photographer, videographer that's listening, um, that feels as though you know, they're able to, they're able to look on YouTube and, and, you know, teach themselves just enough to fake it, but they feel like all they're doing is faking it. Um, what, where, where do they go? Like, where does, where does that confidence and that, that creative purpose come from? Yeah. I mean, well, I'll encourage you because YouTube is about how I've learned probably 90% of what I've been able to learn other than just doing it you know? And so Ouch. I think that's, well, I'm kidding. That was it. That was, <laughs> um, I would say find somebody who you can trust and spend time with to, I think having a mentor is like so crucial and important. Um, it's something I've been trying to seek out since, you know, moving and trying to get into more of the commercial industry and, and the indie film industry and all that. Um, it's so important to have somebody that you can look up to as a, a person, as a creative, as a, maybe it's a business owner or whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to do. I think you cannot do it alone. You're never going to get it where you want to be trying to do it all by yourself. And I love telling people like when I have conversations with people about how I ended up where I am, I, I always am very quick to say that I'm the furthest thing from a self-made man that there is because I'm totally a product of the people around me, encouraging me, helping build me up and help me get where I am. And so I think, you know, if you're trying to make a run of anything alone, you're, you are 
you are absolutely going to fail at some point. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Um, and so I would say, yeah, like seek out opportunities to build your network and meet people that actually have your best interest in mind um, and, and share like those like-minded goals and traits that you want to have. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, you want to have, you want to be surrounded by people that have your back essentially. Uh, okay. So here's a, here's a convenient plug then. I'd, I'd love to, but I'd love to hear from you because, uh, because on, on one hand, I, I hope I know what you're about to say, but I also hope that there's other, other places as well. What are some suggestions for like communities and places specifically that, that people can find that kind of support? Yeah. Um, you know, where, where, where are you plugged in? Yeah. Um, it all started when I, I, I used to just send Instagram DMs to people before I, I there, there was a time in life where I had no idea what to be afraid of. And that was like the most creatively fulfilling time in my life because I didn't know that it, like there are memes now about people reaching out and sending DMs to like network. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was something to be afraid of. And so that was how I started was I would send Instagram messages to directors I looked up to and just other videographers and other DPs, whatever, just like trying to learn that was step one. And from there, I just sort of fell into the rabbit hole of like finding Facebook communities to join that, you know, trying to weed out the ones that have all the negativity because there is so much of that out there already. So, um, you know, we, you started the photographic collective group. I've kind of jumped in now to help do that. That's a great place, I think, because, you know, it's not necessarily about, it's just about giving people a, a space that, we can all come together and talk about struggles, talk about wins, talk about successes or business or creativity or being in a funk or getting, you know, feedback on work, whatever the case is. It's like you got to find communities that you can be comfortable actually talking in and being vulnerable. That's the other thing is so many people, I feel like in the creative world, feel like what they do is proprietary. There is nothing that is proprietary about anything that we do. Like, what are you protecting by trying to keep everything a secret? There, Like, there's nothing mystic, mystical or magical about what we do other than we've just been doing it a lot and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And so I, I try to find people in groups like that that are open about that and sort of demystify whatever it is that we do because, you know, it's... It's cool and it's fun, but at the end of the day, like there, there's there's a process to what we do, and you anybody can get there with the right help. I think so. Okay, that's that's really cool. So I I'm gonna um I'm gonna fast forward here and and get you to to give us some like tangible advice here, mm -hmm. um because I, I think anybody that's listening at this point I, and the reason that I wanted to have you on the podcast, especially this early on. Um, is not because, and, and like, let me be clear here to, to everybody that's listening. Brandon is not only he's one of my, my closest friends and he is one of the artists that has inspired my work the most over the last several years, but he isn't the most well-known person that we have, you know, coming on as a guest. And so it's like, why, why Brandon? Right. And, um, I think the, the answer there is really clear you are the guy or one of the guys, you're one of the three um, people in this industry 
that I seek advice from first. And, uh, and so this is like real live advice, just other people get to hear it. And, and, uh, and I mean, this is a question that I have, I have literally asked you before. So I, I want to know, you know, give me, give me two or three, um, tips. And then there's one specifically I'm going to come back to because something that you taught me to do uh, a couple of years ago that has completely changed the way that I do business or the way that I see business. But give mm-hmm. me two or three little little tips of, of ways that um, I can personally sort of defeat self-doubt, come into every opportunity or every day or every scenario confident that my, my purpose and my place are, are intentional. Sure. I think number one, first and foremost, is you've got to find a way to stop comparing yourself to people because comparison is the thief of joy. We've all, we've all heard that. So I've stopped sort of saying it that way. I think a better way to say it would be compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not to who someone else is today because your path is not their path. Life is already hard enough without all the different stresses that you have. And so why would you take on what somebody else is struggling with or whatever, what their life, all oh, their life looks fantastic on Instagram. It's like, all right, great. Like I too can go take my iPhone and take 1000 pictures while I took a two day vacation in Iceland, come back, make that my Instagram feed. And now I look like a world traveler. Like what a joke. Like you're just seeing a small five minute window of somebody who took time to curate their Instagram feed, write a fantastic caption and be like, I am so awesome. Well, deep down, you know what? They're still dealing with the same things you're dealing with. Like, they're still people. They're not anything different than you are. Their their struggles just are, might be looking different than yours. And so, yeah, the, to summarize the tip, it's compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. You'll just be so much more fulfilled. You'll, you'll make progress on who... If you're really thinking about yourself critically that way... You'll make progress on who you want to become and and your own personal struggles so much faster than if you're just trying to live vicariously through your favorite Instagram model, photographer, traveler, whatever, whatever the case may be there. Okay, so that's um, number one, but I I hope that we can get our fantastic producer, Jared, to put like foghorns and applause in there. It should sound <laughs> like a Jerry Springer uh, break. Um, okay, anyway... <laughs> Uh, that thank you for that. I needed to hear that. And so if you've made it this far in the podcast, um, and you don't have your prayer hands up right now, uh, get them up. All right. What's number two? Um, uh, man, I would say probably number two would be get comfortable with the fact that you just don't know what you don't know, because there's always going to be something that you don't know. There's always going to be something else to learn. There's always going to be somebody else out there that knows more than you or whatever. But at the end of the day, it, it, going back to point number one, I feel like everything points back to that is like, who cares? You're, that, they're not you. They don't have your struggles. They don't have your life. So, but it's okay to not know something. It's not okay though if you're not trying to get better, trying to seek out knowledge, trying to seek out things and ways to you know, be better, do better. So understand though that that looks different for everybody because I'm a, I'm a big reader. Uh, I'll just put it out there. I love reading. I read probably like three books a week. My wife made a goal to read five books this year. She just finished book number one. How many months are left in the year? I'm not trying to throw her under the bus. That's most people. They don't, there's not as big readers. That's fine. But 
she learns so much from listening to podcasts and talking with other photographers and all that. And I, that's something that I struggle with. I'm not as like savvy about weeding through great podcasts to listen to. However, uh, this one is a fantastic podcast to listen to. It's a great resource. Just shameless plug. Um, (laughs) well done. (laughs) So, you know, find ways that you learn the best and like lean into your strengths. And that I think would lead me to point number three, which is you can't do everything alone. You can't do it all by yourself. Play to your strengths and find people that can cover your weaknesses, but make sure that those people that can cover your weaknesses, that your weaknesses are their strengths. You don't want to surround yourself with clones of yourself because then you just get caught in an echo chamber and I feel like you won't go anywhere and you'll just feel like you're going somewhere. And if you stop and look at objectively where you're at, you haven't traveled far. So find people that can cover up the things you're not good at with the things they're good at. And I will totally brag on Justin. That is something that I've had to lean on him a lot for things starting our business together is, you know, we have two different, very different approaches to things sometimes. And it's great because we can kind of keep each other accountable in in ways that are like, Hey, this is what's best and this is what's not. But also he has so much knowledge that I don't have and vice versa. And so you kind of, you know, there's that biblical concept of like iron sharpening iron. I think that that just applies, you know, whether you're, you're a Christian or not. I think that people make each other better if they can work together on things that they're both not good at to get good at. So yeah, listeners, if, be... eventually I'll have the courage to get Justin on here, but the man is an absolute savage and I'm going to have to get <laughs> significantly more confident as an interviewer before that happens. Um, you know, I, uh, quick story here. Um, I, I love being able to tell this story. And so I hope I don't embarrass you, but I don't, I don't think I will. My first interactions, um, with Brandon that I remember now there, he, there's a few interactions that Brandon had with me that I don't recall very much. Uh, he was really young and, and, uh, and I was sort of a working pro and, and, you know, he wasn't really on my radar, but my first reactions uh, or impressions of Brandon that I really remember, um, almost all of them were about his humility and his hunger before his talent. And, uh, you know, now keep in mind, I didn't know anything about his, his awards or his skill level or really much of anything, but guys, the, the, the first time that I had the opportunity, really the, like the, the pleasure of working alongside Brandon, um, I was headed to uh, to New York for a, a pretty big wedding with uh, with another associate photographer, and Brandon basically pitched me uh, out of the blue um, on an opportunity to come up and create sort of a little behind the scenes reel on on you know what it looks like for me to do life the way I do it in these quick brief trips to you know different cities and whatever. And so for a couple of days, he um, he just followed us around and and took clips of us in the subway and, uh, you know, wandering through Manhattan and on calls and in taxis and just doing business. Right. Um, that, that quick little 30 second video that he, that he put together, which by the way, we had no budget for. And Brandon, I kid you guys not slept on the floor in our hotel, uh, in New York because he was just hungry to, to get on the radar. And uh, I mean, that kind of humility mixed with the talent. So the video that came back 
Um, guys, I'll post a, I, 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 he's going to hate me for doing this, but I'll post in the show notes. I'll post a link to this video. This was years and years and years ago, but guys, it, it was one of the, uh, one of the first times that I've ever seen myself in video and actually thought I looked cool. Uh, so shameless plug there. It was, it was a neat thing. And you know, Hey, here's a, uh, a neat, you know, chapter next chapter to that. Uh, Brandon, you and I are leaving for, um, for California next week. I don't know exactly when, when this podcast is going to drop. I think it'll actually be the week after we get back, but, um, you and I are leaving for California this next week. And uh, how cool is it that we have an opportunity to take you to Joshua tree with me to do that all over again, but on a like much more professional level this time (laughs) with a budget and not sleeping on the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You won't be on the floor this time. You get a bed. Um, yes. Thankful. So, Hey guys, if you've made it this far in the podcast, um, you know, as we start to kind of wrap up, I want to, number one, I really, Brandon, I really want to thank you, uh, for, for the, taking the time. It is not an easy thing as an artist to get on a podcast and say, Hey, I'm imperfect. Um, that's, that's not what interviews typically are, right? Like we, we love to talk about all of our, all of our, uh, our a role, right? Um, and so, so thanks for being vulnerable there if you could give us maybe like one more story and, uh, and then, um, you know, kind of some, some sign off, some ideas on, on maybe ways as, uh, as artists that we can start to shape our mindset and, and, and find some confidence, but, but I'd love to hear from you, you know, like a specific time in your career in which you've battled this idea of, of self-doubt and, uh, or maybe you're going through it right now. And and what that what that looked like on the back end. Sure. Um, you know, the last few months I've sort of been kind of just dealing with it a bit. I would say with a, bit, a little bit of that imposter syndrome because I, I mentioned it earlier, but when you first start something, anything, you you have no idea what to be afraid of. You know what I mean? Like everything is just exciting and because of that like such a high level of excitement you sort of throw caution to the wind and you're just like yeah let's do everything I don't care like you don't put any restraints on yourself you're just sort of making things for the fun of it and then some weird change happens when you really do start to figure out what you're doing where you realize oh I've been doing things wrong or oh I've been doing I want to do things differently or whatever and then you know all of a sudden you're five years in and you're, you, you know exactly what to be afraid of. You know exactly what you're supposed to do, you know, scare quotes around supposed to. And, you know, uh, you basically you, you know all the right answers, but you've sort of at, the, at a cost though of now you're afraid. And I, I sort of a couple months ago, I think I hit that block and I've just been sort of processing through it even still um, with, with, with Justin, he's been a great resource for me with you and some other people that sort of mentor me, but you know, you, you gotta get, I feel like in, in 15 years, so 20 years from when my career started, I will probably be chasing that kid, that energy that I had when I first started out where I was like, I don't even know what to be afraid of. I'm just here having, having a blast, but do I want to wait 20 years for that? No, <laughs> you know, I want to be, I want to always be having that. I want to always be having the energy. And so I'm not at all trying to say that I have hit that moment because I, I haven't, I'm still dealing with sort of some of these imposter syndromes and just figuring out like, 
you know, what I don't know and how to cover that and how to find somebody to help me cover that and, you know, how to grow a business. And, you know, we've had a great year one, very successful year one, but I want as a, as a former athlete, very competitive person, I want year two to be 10 times better than year one. How do I do that? And just dealing with all that stuff, you know, I would say that it's, I'm still trying to find that, that, that mix of people or that, that book or whatever it is. I'm trying to find that resource for me. That's going to reinstill that confidence in me that, you know what, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right track. And I would say that in the lesson I've learned so far from that is in the times where I'm the most doubting of myself in the times that I'm the most afraid of, am I going the right direction? Nine times out of 10, when I've hit that moment, something happens that confirms, okay, you're doing the right thing. Whether that's like a landing a job or meeting the right person at the right time, it's it's those moments of doubt and sort of self-pity even where you just push a little bit further and all of a sudden something breaks. I have, I've been having those moments more and more. And so I would say, you know, there's that old adage of the stock market. Whenever people get fearful, you got to get greedy because that's the best time to buy in. I think it's the same thing in life. When you're afraid, that's the best time to double down and buy in because I feel like you're just about to hit something great, you know? So I love that. I love that advice. Okay, so what what is something like give us give us some way that we can sort of cheer you on then? Where where's a good place to follow and engage with you? Um, and then I'm gonna come back. I, I plugged it earlier. I that that there was something that you taught me to do a couple of years ago that has changed, completely changed the way I do business. So I'm coming back to that. But first okay. things first, what's a, what's a good way for us to cheer you on? Yeah. So I'm, I'm on socials. I'm very quiet on socials. <laughs> You'll find that, uh, like Miles said, I'm, I'm not very well known on social media. I only have a few hundred Instagram followers. So womp womp to me, but whatever. So I'm on Instagram. It's just my name with a period in between. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm in the photographic collective group. I'm starting next week. I'm going to start doing some weekly like business, mental lifestyle tips, all the things. Um, so I'm all over that group and, um, I still use Twitter because why not? (laughs) So you can find me anywhere. And you know, my, my business page is Evoco Films, E-V-O-K-O. You can find us online too, but you know, I am all about like, the DM thing. So I love connecting with people. Um, so if you find me on there, honestly, the best way to cheer me on is just to reach out and say what's up because I've made a lot of really cool friends that way. So I think that, um, you know, I don't, I don't try to say these things just to boost myself up. If anything, I I hope it's boosting whoever's listening up and, you know, it would encourage me, Hey, if it's working for you, great. I'd love to hear about it. I just, I want to see people succeed all around me and and that's kind of what I'm about. So Yeah. Yeah, super cool, man. So, so here's here's the plug. Here's the the final, the wrap up. Um, you guys, one of the most pivotal things that has happened to me in the last, uh, oh, I, I would say really two years, maybe two and a half years, has been a conversation that I had uh, with Brandon where it, it was it was very fleeting actually, um, and and so I would assume you remember it because you never forget anything. But, um, <laughs> but you you had a conversation with me in which you said. Uh, that, um, and I'm ad-libbing here because I don't think you would have used this concept of like, instead of going, you know, 
um, an inch deep and a mile wide. Right. But, mm. but that, that concept, and I, I spoke actually, I was on Ben Hartley's podcast a few weeks ago where I, where I was speaking about this concept of, you know, Hey, it doesn't matter if you have uh, 300 followers on Instagram or 30,000 followers on Instagram, you should have just as many DM conversations going on as you do followers. Like each one of those people should be uh, intentional enough that the relationships are actually um, maturing and growing and and are interpersonal. And and so it was this this thing that you taught me. And so I'd love to have you like walk through that really quick. This thing that you taught me about each week um, intentionally sending out a few text messages. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. um, can you can you give us that as sort of a like a final thought? Can I mean you know you're you're the business mindset dude in the photographic collective group, and and it was one of the first things that you ever taught me that I sat back and went, whoa, that is countercultural. You know that's that's not the way that we're taught to use Instagram or or use you know, our inboxes. So what, sure. what is it, what is it that you do? How is it that you're using both your text threads and the written word and, you know, um, and your, your inboxes? Yeah. Um, it's funny that it's countercultural. I don't know why it is because it's called social media, you know, you're supposed to be social, but we've turned it into uh, just our divided echo chambers. And that's a conversation for another hour long podcast, I suppose. But yeah, I just, I try to be really intentional about pursuing meaningful discussions and relationships with people. And, you know, I'm a big on uh, writing letters. That's kind of what I do. And so I, I do it all the time. Um, I don't know why. I just, I, I've started journaling recently because I just love something about that tactile feeling. But I, I send letters to people. I actually, from Evoco, I, I send, I've started this. This is year one, obviously. I have like an annual letter I send to Yep, there it is. <laughs> yes, if, if you're if you're not watching the YouTube feed right now, I'm literally holding it <laughs> in my hands. Um, but it's just an annual letter that I wanted to start doing because I think it's important to stay in touch with people. And nobody does, nobody writes letters anymore, you know. And I, I didn't write it per se; I typed it, but the sentiment is there. Um, and so I, I try to follow up with people. I, I have a not really a list, but just a, a it is a list, I guess, but. I have no system to it. I just have a list of people that have been on my mind that I've been thinking about, whatever that, you know, each week I might send out three to five, like, Hey, just thinking about you. Hope you're doing well. I know last time we talked, you mentioned struggling with blah, 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 whatever, you know, how's that going? Just trying to be intentional about people. I think that the best investment in life you can make is in the people around you and the people that are important to you. And so you know, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I be doubling down on that every chance I get? And that's what I try to do with all my social media too, is actually utilize it for networking and talking to people and, and staying connected because I think at the end of the day, we're all we got. So yeah, I mean, it's, that's what's important to me. Man, Brandon, I, I, I sincerely hope that enough people hear this, that, that take that into account and really kind of think about uh, just this from a holistic perspective, how, you know, if we build our communities, if we um, actually build up and serve and increase and add purpose to the people around us, you know, we may be much more uh, capable, um, at least much more able to to battle these moments where we feel alone or we feel alienated or isolated. Um, so, hey, dude, thank you so much for being willing to get on here and speak. It, it really means a lot, man. 
Um, and guys, thank you so much for, for taking the time. I realize that this, this will have likely been the longest podcast uh, in this series so far. I, I knew that was going to happen. Both Brandon and I like to, like to talk. And, and honestly, and we've been friends for so long. It's fun for us to just be able to kind of shoot back and forth. Um, but y'all, let me encourage you guys. If, if you're looking for a, a place, a community in which um, you, know, you can build these relationships, you can kind of network and, and, uh, and you know, I, I'm not gonna go on the corny route and say you can find a home as an artist. More like you can find a place in which uh, your, your art and your perspective will have people that will hold you accountable to, uh, to benchmarking a trajectory for success for yourself. If you'd like that, send me a DM um, I would love to uh, send you a link over to the Photographic Collective uh, Facebook group that Brandon has sp uh, spoken about a little bit. You can find him in there and, uh, and always sort of bounce ideas back and forth off of all of us. Um, also, I would encourage you guys, if you've listened this far in, to, uh, to try something for me um, you know, throughout the course of this week. I would love for you to just scroll through your phone and send uh, three to five quick text messages to people that you haven't checked in with in a while and, uh, and just say hello. And, and I think you'll be blown away how beautiful it can be for you to start conversation with people without purpose. Uh, the purpose just being that, you know, we are better when we act in community. So, uh, you know, get out there today and, uh, and this week, do something that is actually radical and, uh, and don't live behind the double click and the share and the like and your followers and instead uh, live with some intentionality and, uh, and create something that you're proud of. Uh, guys, this has been the Photographic Collective Podcast. My name is Miles with Boyer, and, uh, and this was a cool interview with Brandon Buccieri from uh, Evoco Films. And, uh, and we will see you next week.